Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Become a healthier you five days a week. This is Melanie Cole's Health Radio. Well, genetics may play a significant role in how your metabolism reacts, but you can make the most of what you do have by eating right and taking care of your gut and getting plenty of exercise. And my guest today is Dr. Taz Badia. She's board-certified physician specializing in integrative and emergency medicine, pediatrics, and prevention with expertise in women's health, weight loss, and nutrition. Welcome to the show, Dr. Taz. So metabolism, people hear about metabolic syndrome. They hear about all of these things going on, and that's why I'm fat, they say, and all this. So tell us about our metabolism, and how is that basal metabolic rate determined? That's a great question. I mean, so many people are confused about how their basal metabolic rate is determined, but it's honestly just a combination of lots of different factors. I mean, there's definitely the component of age. Our metabolism, whether we like it or not, flows with every decade. There is also um, the component kind of of our diet and our lifestyle. And finally, you know, we we need to be thinking about our gut health because what many people don't realize is that our entire metabolism is dictated by the bacteria that live in our belly and that, in turn, can determine your metabolic rate. So what, does it automatically slow down with age? It will slow down. You can slow the slowing down, so to speak, you mm-hmm. know, by how conscious you are in terms of how you take care of yourself, how you sleep, how you eat. You know, all of those type of things are really important in determining how fast it's going to slow down. But for many Americans, especially, they're highly stressed. They're not sleeping through the night. You know, they're eating on the run, and you can get away with that, I think, in your 20s and maybe even your early 30s. But after 35 or so, you really start to see the the ramifications of that. So that's why you kind of have to pay attention to your life and your health and kind of what your habits are. If people ask you, what is the biggest thing that you can do to get your metabolism up, please tell the listeners what you tell people every day, and also list a few foods that you think are metabolic boosters that can ramp it up a little bit. Absolutely. Well, first of all, my first lesson that I tell everybody is that your metabolism is 80% determined by food, 20% by exercise. And I don't think people realize that, that food is so critical and so important. Foods that boost your metabolism are going to be foods that are higher in protein and lower in carbohydrates because the carbohydrates kind of slow your digestive time down a little bit, and so they'll affect your metabolic rate. And also foods that are high in good bacteria. So you want to think about, go through the high-protein foods first, so including things like eggs, you know, nuts, fatty fishes, you know, some lean meats, lean protein. I think those are helpful to boost your metabolism because oftentimes they'll keep you full for longer. And then adding in those probiotic-rich foods, those are going to be things like kefir or yogurt or, you know, even bone broth or even bread, honestly, but bread that's been fermented for a long period of time and is sat on the counter to rise, that can help your metabolism too because it's repopulating kind of the bacteria in your belly, which improves your metabolic rate. We're learning more and more about fermented foods, kimchi and tempeh mm-hmm. and all of these other things that are, you know, really to help with that good gut bacteria. People hear this all the time, the gut bacteria, good gut flora, probiotics. Is that what you're talking about, helping to maintain that flora because that's where our metabolism lies? That is exactly what I'm talking about. And we think that that might be the root of the obesity crisis as well. 
when those gut bacteria are out of balance, they become out of balance again, either because of the type of food we're eating or stress or lack of sleep, any of those things, hormone changes, any of them can disrupt that balance. But when that balance is disrupted, that slows down your digestion, which then in turn affects how you metabolize and regulate insulin, which is then directly related to how you gain weight. So when you're trying to lose weight or boost your, you know, boost your metabolism, you're, you have to be thinking about that component. That's why so many people get frustrated. They diet, they exercise, they think they're doing all the right things, but if they're not paying attention to the digestive process, then they're missing a critical step of keeping your metabolic rate primed. Wow, it's so important. Now, you mentioned that food is like 80 and exercise 20. People have always heard the reverse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, and no. I'm an exercise physiologist, so I've been really promoting exercise as the way to get your metabolism up, which it really does during the exercise and even like lower right. blood pressure and get it up for just a few minutes after the exercise, up to four hours. But what do you say about, you know, things like strength training and cardiovascular about helping that metabolism? I mean, I think, here, so here's the catch. They, they absolutely help. All of those things do boost your metabolism. So strength training helps, lowering your body fat helps, you know, cardiovascular um, activity helps because it helps you, honestly, to burn body fat over a period of time. Those definitely help. But the catch is that many people will do those things and often find that they're more fatigued after that or they're hungrier after that. So they stay in this vicious cycle of maybe still not eating the way they're supposed to eat and the amount that they're supposed to eat, but exercising very aggressively. So you almost, yes, you're going to get some improvement, you know, definitely when you exercise like that, but it's not going to be kind of the long range improvement that you would get if you really focused a little bit harder on food. I mean, as we age, we don't need, you know, I've realized it myself, we don't need half the amount of food that we consume, you know, so it's really paying attention to the fact that you can't eat a lot of food with every decade. And if you are going to eat, it needs to be high quality food and in the right amount and in the right proportions. And that in turn keeps your digestive system humming, which in turn helps your metabolic rate. So what about some of the myths like that spicy food, does that really help, uh, you know, boost your metabolism? I don't think that spicy food necessarily helps boost your metabolism, but it does curb your appetite because I think you're more satisfied, you know, after eating a spicy meal. So usually you don't overeat a spicy meal or feel like you didn't get enough flavor. You usually are pretty satisfied after it. Of course, there are some of those little studies that say cayenne pepper, for example, boosted metabolic rate. But kind of what you mentioned about exercise, it may do it in a very small amount, but nothing that's going to be kind of long-term or real long-lasting. So I think it works more as an appetite regulator and helping the satiety center, not necessarily being directly related back to the metabolic rate. So how do you, how much protein would you like to see people eating to get that metabolism up? And in terms of carbohydrates, I mean, vegetables are carbohydrates and fruits mm-hmm. are carbohydrates. So, right. you know, people have trouble discerning that. We only have like a minute and a half left. Okay, so protein, um, the quick numbers for most people, I would say average around 50 grams a day. If you are a big marathoner or you're doing a lot of extreme exercise and you want to, uh, that number to be a little bit higher, maybe 60 to 65. Carbohydrates, usually I'm thinking of packaged, processed foods, breads, pastas, things like that. You want to keep up the intake of all of those right under about 100 grams a day. But honestly, enjoy your vegetables and your fruits. They have fiber. They have antioxidants, which slow the digestive process down and help you to metabolize everything else much better. 
Well, it certainly does. And and eating whole foods and less processed foods, your body knows what to do with those. It just doesn't know what to right. do with things you get out of a box right. that have labels you can't read, names that are, you know, just incredibly Right, and that's long. really, you know, the belly fix, which is the book, you know, I did a few years ago, but that, that was the entire premise that the whole reason the bacteria in the gut are not where they need to be is because of the food processing, the industrialization of food, the fact that wheat doesn't look like what it used to look like, you know, 50 years ago. That's what changed the bacteria in our belly, which has then changed our ability to lose weight or gain weight. It's really affected that whole equation. And so once you start removing that, many people notice a huge difference. They've already changed their metabolic rate by just removing the processed foods and the additives and the convenient food, and honestly, even restaurant foods, because they that is another factor where you just get a lot of salt and you kind of the unknown. You don't know what's in the food half the time. Well, it certainly is true. What a great guest you are, Dr. Taz. I hope you'll come on with us again, and you can see more about her at drtaz.com or centerspringmd.com, and she's on Facebook, Dr. Taz MD. And so it's great information that we need to look toward our gut health to increase our metabolism. 80-20 is what she's saying, food versus exercise. So if you want to get that metabolism up, look at the food that you're eating. Look to thy food for thy medicine. This is Melanie Cole. You're listening to Ray. Radio MD right here. Thanks for listening and stay well.